there was two reasons why I didn't go to college. Like one of them was because I couldn't afford it. Actually, I never had the representation in my family. Like nobody had gone to college. So I was like, I don't know if that's something that I'm even able to do. So it wasn't something that was really in my mind. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends, invite them to subscribe, and connect with us on social media. So today, I have Joshua Cruz, who is a director of talent acquisition. And he has a very interesting story of how he got this job. Do you want to introduce yourself and share that story? For sure. Yeah. So um, as you said, my name is Joshua. I'm director of talent for um, a company called AB, which is a digital media um, advertising agency. Interesting. Yes. uh, How I got this job. Um, It was a long process, about a month of interviews. Um, Well, the whole thing took about a month. But during that time, I was um, you know, applying to so many places and I was just really tired of putting my application in and not getting responses or getting ghosted or getting rejected for things that I was like overqualified for too. Um, and so I decided to start putting out content via TikTok on LinkedIn, utilizing my skill of dancing. Cause I used to get, I used to be a professional dancer and we'll get into that later, but Um, I wanted to kind of like mesh my creative side with my passion for recruitment. And so I started putting out dance videos. Um, One of them went viral, which was my TikTok resume that you may or may not have seen. Um, I've seen it. Yes. (laughs) A lot of people seen it. It's like a million impressions on LinkedIn. So that was uh, super overwhelming in a good way. And I started to get a lot of um, opportunities coming to me because of that video. But Prior to that, I had had a a connection reach out to me on LinkedIn that was um, an employee of AB who saw some of my other content before that viral video and told me about the role and I applied and that's how the conversation got started. But I attribute that video um, to empowering me to continue on to try and get this job because it's a director level role and I've never held a director level role. Um, So... I was empowered by a lot of people's uh, encouragement, the support that I had behind me, um, and just like my my will to want to succeed. Yeah, no, that's awesome, and it's cool, man. I can't dance. It's like one of the things I was like, damn, I got no moves. So I gotta, I gotta pick pick up some moves. <laughs> so now let's let's take it back. So how was high school like for you, and what did you want to become in high school? High school was actually really fun. I went to a small high school in Massachusetts. So when I say small, like the entire high school was like 400 people. Uh, My graduating class was like maybe 100 something people. Um, I actually won prom king. (laughs) So I was... Nice, congrats. I was pretty... I mean, look, you got got swag, you got the looks, you got the moves. I'm not surprised. You know, so um, I was pretty popular, but like only because 
I was who I am today. I always wanted to show up as myself and like be who I am. And I've always just been like this kind of funny, bubbly, dancing around type of person. And so I think that that's why a lot of people get, um, you know, gravitated towards me in high school. And I had actually had made a joke in on in freshman year that I was going to win prom queen. And so when senior year came, people were like, well, we we don't know if we can vote for you for prom queen. So we're going to vote for prom king because we do want you to win some kind of prom royalty. What I wanted to be actually, though, in when I was in high school was a professional dancer. And so I took a lot of dance classes as I was growing up. I got really serious about it when I was 16. I had a cousin of mine who lived across the street from me and had like a dance group. And I got into his dance group and then kind of like my love of dance grew from there. I had always loved dance prior to that, though, like because um I always attribute Michael Jackson's Thriller video to my love, falling in love of dance. And so I always used to perform that in my bedroom. Um, and that grew as I got older. And when I turned 18, I there was two reasons why I didn't go to college. Like one of them was because I couldn't afford it, actually. Um, and I never had the representation in my family. Like nobody had gone to college. So I was like, I don't know if that's something that I'm even able to do. So it wasn't something that was really in my mind. But I also had a huge passion for dance. So I was like, I really want to try dancing. So after, you know, after I graduated high school, I got in more into dancing and took classes in Boston, which, which is where I'm from, just outside of Boston and in New York. Um, and yeah, that's what I really tried to be. And my story of how I actually did accomplish that is also pretty crazy. Um, but it, that was my main goal when I was in high school was to become a professional dancer. Okay, so share that story. How how did you make it happen? Because I know you, you don't give up and you keep at it. Yeah, okay. So um, so when I yeah, so when I graduated high school, I was like trying a lot, taking classes in, in both Boston and New York. And I had friends that were like really successful. Some of them were on like America's um America's Best, Best Dance Crew. Crew. Yes, America's Best yeah. Dance Crew, yeah, such a good show. Um, shout out to Fanny Pack. I love them. <laughs> um, but some of my friends were on America's Best Dance Crew. Some some were getting booked with Lady Gaga. And I was just like, oh, like, why isn't this happening for me? I don't understand. Like, do I suck? Like, what should I do? It just, it, it, I was getting depressed around the whole, like, me becoming a professional dancer. And I actually decided, I think when I was like around 19 or 20, I was like, well, I, this isn't working out. It's just going to be a hobby for me. Um, so I kind of gave it up. And I was just in this weird place of like, who am I? It was very e pray, love type of, I need to find myself. And so I tried to join the military at one point, And then I realized, actually, no, that's not what I want. I tried to go to college, but I didn't know anything about college. And so when I had tried to go, I it was too late for me to, for me to apply. So when I applied, like I couldn't go to the, into the next, um, into the next session or whatnot. So that kind of like made me feel like, Oh, well, I guess I can't do this right now. So, and I wanted to figure things out at the moment because I was like in a rush for some reason, you know, how we're always in a rush to find out who we are, what life is. And then I had actually tried to thought, thought to move to New York city. I was like, Oh, maybe if I move to New York city, I'll have a better chance of becoming a professional dancer. But that didn't work out either. So I was working at Starbucks at the time and I was like, what am I doing with my life? Um, and I had a customer who uh, like, I became really close with and we started talking about their endeavors all around the world, their world travels. And I was super inspired. And I was like, I want to do that. Like, I, I want to find myself. I want to go on this spiritual journey. So I 
got two jobs. I started working, I was working full-time at Starbucks and I was also then working full-time at a hotel. And I worked two full-time jobs for like almost a year straight or something like that, like 80 hours a week, just like in the morning, Starbucks, in the night, the hotel, saving money, saving money, saving money. Finally, I saved up enough money to travel. So I quit both jobs and I left to Thailand, spent two weeks in Thailand. And then from Thailand, I went to Vietnam. Um, And then when I was in Vietnam, I called my friend and I was like, hey, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm on the spiritual journey, but I don't know what it means. And he was like, oh, well, um, I mean, you can like do what I did and go to India and like stay in an ashram and like try and like get this like spiritual awakening. Um, But he was like, oh, you can also check out Istanbul. It's heard it's a beautiful city. So I was like, okay, like that sounds cool. I'm going to do that. So I went to Istanbul, was supposed to stay for two weeks, um, ended up staying for a year and a half. And while I was there, I was like, well, I want to do something that I love that's going to like put me in in, in the spaces of the, the, the locals. So I found a dance studio, took a dance class there, became really close with the dance studio owner. And it turns out he was the um, winner of So You Think You Can Dance in Turkey. Wow. Yeah, it was like such a weird thing. Like the, like the universe was bringing us, to, bringing us together for a reason. So... When I joined, so I joined his uh, dance studio as like uh, um, one of his dancers. Um, and he was like, oh, like I have this singer here that needs dancers. Do you want to try out? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Like, I just didn't think anything of it. And it turns out the pop star, um, the, the, the singer was a really big pop star in Turkey, like the equivalent of Justin Timberlake in the U.S. Wow. So it was like, oh, like this is huge, actually. Um, and so... I got booked and I became one of their um, one of their main dancers and I like started going on tour with them went all over Turkey staying in like five star hotels like tour buses and I was like this is the craziest thing because I literally months ago was backpacking staying in hostels like looked like a crazy person like I was just the, the turnaround was huge like it was just crazy so yeah and that got my got my um career started in professional dancing and kind of took off in Turkey for a year and a half and progressed after that. Um, Came back home to the States, then went back to Turkey to spend another year and a half, joined a dance company there, traveled to China, traveled to Russia, traveled all over Turkey. And I accomplished all of my dreams, danced in music videos, danced for thousands of people in stadiums. It was just like a wild thing that I'm like, did that really happen? But it did, so. (laughs) That's wild. You went to... Thailand, then Vietnam, then India, then Turkey. And it, it was meant to be, man. You're, meant, you're to meant to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. So how long did you do dancing? And what was the highlight of your dance career? Like if you had one moment, that was the highlight. Yeah, um, I did it for about, I would say altogether four years. Um, yeah. The highlights, that's difficult because there was so many moments where I was like, is this okay, really I'm, happening? Give me like, give me like three or four, whatever. Like, what stands out? The uh, okay, the first one that comes to mind actually is the first pop star that I was um, dancing with. Um, at the time, I was learning Turkish, and so I was using music to to learn the language. Yeah. And I was studying the music of the pop star that I was um, working with. And so one time he heard me singing his songs on the tour bus and he was really cool. We were close. He was like, oh, you know my song? And I was like, yeah, I've been practicing Turkish with your song. So we had a really big show one time and he stopped the entire concert and he gave me the mic and he was like, sing the song. And I was like, what? Like there's thousands of people like watching, but I sang the song and all you hear is like this uproar of people like screaming because like 
an American was singing a Turkish song. Like they, yeah. and Turkish people, they love their country. They love their language. Yeah, yeah. They love their people. So like to see me, a person, um, you know, from America speaking their language and singing their songs, they were like loving it. So that was a really huge moment for me. And I was like, I'll never forget that. Um, and then, you know, I, I was in a couple music videos, which was really cool. Cause that was one of my main goals as a dancer. So when I was able to be in my, my first music video, I was like, oh, wow, this is really happening. And I'm actually going to be, this is something I can look back on forever. Um, so that was definitely a defining moment for me as a, as a dancer. No, nah, that's awesome. So what made you realize like, hey, you know what? I want to move on to the next phase of my life. Because I know dancing can be hard on the body. Yeah. There are a lot of factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have another passion as well, which is writing. Um, okay. I've always wanted to write my own book and I'm currently working on that. So let's see how that goes. <laughs> um, Look, let me know. I'll pre-order whatever. Let please. me know. I'm going to buy that copy. I got to get a sign though. I got to meet you in person, get the signature, get get the whole shebang. You're, okay. you're, you're right there in New York, right? So, you know, we're pretty close. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you definitely can get it signed in person. Um, but, you know, I had accomplished everything that I wanted to accomplish as a dancer And I was missing home a lot. Like I was missing my best friends. I was missing my culture. You know, I loved being in Turkey. I loved, you know, all the experiences that I had, but it was still kind of difficult for me to kind of fit in because even though I knew the language, there was like so many nuances that like made me feel left out, like inside jokes and all these things. I'm like, oh, like, I I don't know that I'm actually experiencing what I want to experiencing experience to the fullest. Um, I want to be more involved. And so it just really started to make me think about my best friends and my family. And so I was like, I think I'm going to go home. I think it's ready. You know, my time up here is done. And so I decided to move to New York because my two best friends were living there. And I was like, well, what do I want to do now? And I was like, what am I really passionate about? Oh, I want to write a book. I've been wanting to write a book since I was like a teenager. So I was like, I'm going to go to New York City and live that writer life like Carrie Bradshaw and Sex in the City. And I'm going to, you know, be be a columnist and all of these things. Um, why I related to that, I don't know. I grew up watching <laughs> Sex in the City with my best friend. Um, so, you know, that was also always something that I thought about. But I really wanted to be a writer. So I was like, I'm going to go to New York City and make it happen. But as you may know, New York City is... Uh, a monster and if you don't really have your priorities and intentions kind of like set it can eat you up and that's basically what it was doing to me when I first got there um so yeah I had to get like a a real a real job a different job um and trying to make my way and then that's actually how I got into recruitment uh, which is pretty funny kind of not really by accident but like it was kind of unexpected Okay, so how'd you get in? Like, how'd you you applied? You talked to someone? How'd that happen? I was actually working as a barista or as... I, I worked for a company called Joe and the Juice and they called their baristas juicers because it was a juice company, but they made coffee juice and sandwiches. So I was a juicer um, and I was working really, really hard. I loved the company, what they were doing. It was a really cool company, very rock and roll kind of environment, a little bit wild. So I was like, oh, this is cool. It's growing. I have the opportunity to grow within the company. And so I had, after like three months, I had been promoted to like assistant manager for one of the new stores that was being opened in the World Trade Center. But I had heard of this team called the recruitment team. And I was like, oh, like, what's that? Like, I want to know more about what that is. And people were like, oh, if you're on the recruitment team, you get to travel, you get to go here. We're opening in all these different states. So like, that's going to be an exciting thing to do. And I was like, oh, yeah, I want to do that. Like, I want to travel, you know? So I had talked to the recruitment director and I was like, I'd like to like interview for 
a position on your team. I don't know like what that looks like. And so he was like, oh yeah, like let's, you know, you can meet with me and then we'll talk to your manager and we'll see like if you're in good standing, we can think about putting you on the team. Interviewed for it and got it got on the team. Um, but at first, you know, I had to kind of like um, prove myself. And so I couldn't really travel at first. So I took full advantage of that. And I was like, I'm just going to go hard and like t- absorb all the information that I can and get approval that I'm going to be one of the best on this team to travel around the U.S. So that's exactly what I did. And that, and I started to learn how to like build better relationships, how to talk about um, what we were doing in the company. Like I became like the DNA of the company. I, I knew everything from the beginning of the company, the history. So that was like my first exposure to recruitment. And I loved it because I got to tell people about what I was passionate about with in regards to the company and also to give opportunities to people that I was seeing, you know, like where I came from, we didn't really get opportunities to have other people pay for us to go travel around the world. So I was like, you want to do this? Like come work for us. Um, so that was my first exposure. And I fell in love with recruitment from there. When was that? That was in 2016. Can you tell more about like what recruiting is? So you said you built better relationships because a lot of, it's a common job and you can break in mm-hmm. if you have certain skills. So what do recruiters do? Yeah, so you know, we're the bridge between the candidate, you know, looking for a job and and wanting to join a company and a company wanting a great candidate to join their company to, you know, boost up the company, create revenue, create great culture, all of these things. And so basically, you know, the recruiter is there to provide opportunity for candidates, but also, you know, to provide opportunity also to the company. Um, We talk about the company, we live the culture, we try to create experiences for people to see what it's like to work at the company. And for me, that I think is like what is the most important and fun thing about recruiting for me is to be able to talk about why I'm working for the company, which is why it's important for me to work for a place that I am aligned with, like with my values and what I believe in um, and what their mission is and, and how is that affecting the world also? Because as we know in this in these times, um, I think it's what people are really looking for are mission-aligned companies or mission-driven companies that are doing things to, to change the, the landscape of society. And so we're here to really just like help people to see why a company is really good, a really good choice for them to work at. And that's for me why I really love recruiting. How'd you get better at recruiting? Because obviously you come from a different world. Yeah. You come from the dance world. You come from, you know, working in sort of like food service. Mm-hmm. I used to work at a, a barn. I used to work at a Barnes and Nobles cafe. Okay. So that was, love Barnes it and was, <laughs> so it's not a Starbucks. It like serves Starbucks coffee, mm-hmm. but the pastries are different. And people get confused because they bring in their Starbucks gift card. And yeah. It didn't work. So you came from a, Completely different environment. Now it's to a more, I mean, not structured because recruiters <laughs> go, you know, the it's kind of crazy, <laughs> but just a more office type environment. How was that transition like for you? And how did you make that transition internally? Yeah. Um, you know, I always look at recruitment kind of like sales, like you're selling a job, basically, you know, you're, you're convincing people again, like I said before, why this company is a great place to work. And so I think for me, I already had that relationship building aspect because being a dancer, you have to be able to build relationships with the people that you're working with because you're working so closely. Um, Also, you need to be able to build relationships with the people that you're working for, the, the superstar that you're working for. 
that was something that I already kind of had ingrained in me from being a dancer. Also, I had like really great collaboration skills from working on different projects within the dance community and my career as a dancer. So things that I really felt like I needed to improve on was like, like selling skills and like how to, to how to describe things better, how to make things more appealing. Um, that was a huge thing that I wanted to kind of like really own in on because I was like, I want to be able to tell a story better for it not to be like boring. So people can feel empowered to want to join um, the company or want to even talk to me. So I worked a lot on that. And my transition from like being because I did yeah, make a transition from like food and beverage into like the corporate world where it was like in a tech company, I was working on the company side or on the business side of recruitment. That transition was interesting because I had never recruited for positions such as sales or for marketing. So there was a lot of different things that I had to really learn. As a person that was a barista, when I was recruiting other baristas, I knew exactly what they needed to have. I knew exactly uh, like the skills that they needed to have, what kind of like personality traits in terms of like how to treat customers and things like that. So that was really easy for me to kind of like recruit for. When it came to like recruiting for sales, recruiting for marketing roles and things like that, I had to learn those roles and what um, what specific like uh, skills were needed. So talking to other salespeople within the company, I started using LinkedIn a lot when I was... Um, recruiting for those roles and seeing like what sales people were talking about, what marketing people were talking about, um, you know, staying on top of trends in terms of like recruitment spaces to really understand what that e- even meant, like how trends are changing. So that, that was a little bit difficult because I didn't know how, like how much information and how much expertise you do have to have as a recruiter. It's not just about like, uh, talking to somebody about a job and saying, oh, you hired, what are your skills? Okay, great. You fit it. Now you're hired. There's like so much more that goes into it. So that was like my way of like, I just started reading, talking to people, creating connections, networking with people to really learn more. And I worked really closely with a good friend of mine um, in the company that I was working for who taught me so much. So that's really how I learned so to just like by other people, also by trial and error too. Um, and just making, you know, um, processes and keeping, you know, into in those processes. So you mentioned from your dance career, the collaboration, the communication, I guess the project management translated. What mm-hmm. other things from your dance career translated into recruiting? Hmm. That's a good question. I think like for me, it's my, my um, excitement. And I think that's super important. Like energy and excitement is, is for, from a recruiter. It's not, it's not to say that everyone has to have the same kind of energy and excitement, but I think that if you're talking to someone about a job, you should be excited about the position that you're talking about. So when it comes to dancing on the stage, you need to have energy, you need to have excitement to hype up the crowd, to really get the show you know, um, going. And so I think those two things are super important on a personality aspect in terms of recruitment. I would also say like, being organized is super important because you're looking at so many resumes, you're interviewing so many people. And when it came to dancing, you have to like really be organized in, in terms of like the dances and the routines that you're learning because you're learning a whole show, right? And so from the start to the finish, how is that going to go? And like you need to organize yourself in order to maintain that, um, that constant flow um, and really understanding in which way the the routine is going to go. And so when it comes to recruitment, you need to know 
from start to finish how the process is going to go so that you don't get lost in the sauce because you're doing so many other things that can potentially deter you or like distract you from actually getting to that end goal. So those are a few other skills that I definitely took away from dancing that has helped me in recruitment. So you started recruiting, you know, baristas. Did you move to another company and recruit other types of talent? Yes. When I first started recruitment, yes, I was mostly recruiting for like baristas and or as we call them, juicers. Um, And then my second opportunity as a recruiter, um, I moved into like a private members club and it was more like um, on the hospitality side in terms of, uh, I can't remember the word that I'm looking for, but it was a private members club and a restaurant, a fine dining. There we go. So it was fine dining roles that I was recruiting for. So I started recruiting for bar managers, bar backs, servers, um, runners. And I didn't have any experience in that actually because I had worked in food and beverage, but it was mostly in like cafes, Starbucks, Joe and the Jews. Um, we have this place called Friendlies, or we had this place called Friendlies in Massachusetts, which doesn't exist anymore. But that was like really it doesn't like the Friendlies ice cream. Yeah, I, I don't think that it's. I, I, we, nah, I, I've seen some. Really? They're like some in Long Island. Oh, really? Oh, I gotta, I gotta look this up right now. But yes. yeah, finish. Sorry to yeah, interrupt. Yeah, let me know because I love Friendlies. Like, and it's been so long since I've been there. But yeah, so I started. Um, I started recruiting for those roles, and like I said, I didn't have any experience in fine dining actually. So I had to really understand what were the requirements to be a good server? Like, you know, and that those were particulars. Like you had to know, like, you know, where the fork went, where the knife went, how to hold the tray, um, how yeah. to detail the menu. All of these things were really important for like that specific type of role. Um, and then from there, I actually got into like the tech space. And so I joined this company called Too Good To Go, which is a really great company that's, you know, their mission is to end food waste. Sustainable company, amazing mission, um, to change the world. And so I got into that space and that's where I started to um, learn about like sales roles and marketing roles and, and what like business recruitment was. And then I got into an agency, which was working more so in still in like the, the marketing space, but also in um, like software as a service and, and things like that. So I had to learn so many different things, but it's really interesting that I went from recruiting baristas to then recruiting like marketing managers and you know graphic designers and such okay and then did you have did you recruit any other areas as you went along your journey those were mostly the places that those are mostly the industries that i was supporting um was just like digital media um food and beverage and um some software as a service roles like sales roles and things like that i've actually haven't recruited so one one uh, industry that i really want to serve is like um the tech industry and technical recruiting it's really hard to get into that because you know a lot of these companies they want you to have the experience of technical technical recruitment already which means like knowing the language or languages um coding languages learning learning all of those things and kind of like knowing them already which is you know really difficult if nobody gives you the, the chance. Um, so I haven't been given the chance yet, but you know, that's okay because everything happens for a reason. And now I'm in my role, which is like a, a really huge step from what I was doing before. But this is actually something that I've been preparing for for a while. And I do see myself as a leader. I have leadership skills from when I was a dancer, choreographing, leading projects. And so this is these are things that I'm not unfamiliar with. And I have the experience in recruitment as well to to deal in that aspect of my role. But I'm really excited to be able to start to in- implement, you know, new processes and, and help lead the way and really inspire other people and bring other people into the company or wherever I'm working um, into the company that, you know, identify as I do or comes from the same communities because 
that for me is what's really important in my in my work as a recruiter is to give opportunities to um, marginalized communities or to people that are underrepresented. So that's where I'm. At. That's where I'm at now. Yeah. So I know, like you, I'm not sure what happened with your last job, but you had like a break. You know, economy, all these things. Exactly. How was that like for you? Because I know sometimes it's like it gets scary and you get frustrated. Yeah. How did it feel? Oh gosh, I was going through a lot. You know, when I left my other job, I I had a four year relationship that ended. Um, that was really tough on me, and I then ended up moving home. And so there was a lot going on in my head of what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. Um, and I, I I'm very always pretty transparent with my own struggles with depression and anxiety. And so when things like major transitions in your life, such as the ones that I was going through, happen. I went into this kind of depressive state where I was like, well, maybe I should just give up. Maybe I should um, work again for a coffee shop and just kind of like do the barista life, which is not bad at all. Like I, I love being a barista to be able to create connections and build relationships with my customers, but I wanted something more and I felt like I deserved something more, but it, it was just took me a long kind of time to understand where, where I wanted to go in terms of my career. So when I moved home, um, I started to think more about that, but not intentionally. I just was like, okay, well, let me try and um, you know get back into recruitment, in-house role, and see what I can find out here in, in LinkedIn land. Um, but I wasn't landing anything because I was just kind of like putting my resume out there. I wasn't networking. I wasn't really posting all that much on LinkedIn. And then one day clicked and I was like, okay, like I need to make a change. Like I remember when I was using LinkedIn before I was having so many amazing conversations with people, you being one of them, you know, yeah, like, that's how I, I was like, yeah. I haven't seen you in a while. Mm-hmm. And then I see you, uh, the, the videos pop up. Yeah. So yeah, no, people really underestimate like just the power of being seen. Yeah. Um, and all that, but yeah, no, I'm glad you did it. Yeah, me too. You know, I, I just, everything changed when I started to like be more intentional about what I wanted to do. I was like, I'm not going to get the job that I want if I'm continuing to just kind of put my application or my resume just everywhere. Um, And I also was not seeing my full potential because I was still kind of in this state of like, oh, well, I'm just going to settle for this or that. Um, But I had a connection reach out to me, um, as I mentioned before, that works for the company that, that I work for now. And he was like, oh, hey, like there's a role or check out if there's any roles that you think you would you, you would fit in and let me know. And so I did that and I sent him my resume and he was like, oh, like, do you mind if I give you some advice? And I was like, yeah, like, please, like, I'm, I would love that because I'm kind of in a weird place right now. So yes, give me all the advice. And he was like, you should change the title that you give yourself because you have like over five years experience and the title that you're giving yourself on your resume doesn't really correlate with what you can actually do. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're actually right. Like, and I'm, I have struggled with seeing my own values sometimes because of the way that I've grown up and like how I've kind of had to fit into the world. And so when he said that to me, I was like, yeah, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I not seeing who I am? Like, I am amazing. Like, and I need to, I need to live in that. And so after he said that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to change my resume. Like I'm this, I'm a recruiter. I'm not a recruitment coordinator. Like I know what I'm doing. I know what I deserve. I know the pay that I want. All of these things kind of just started to click. So that's when I kind of like realized 
I need to start networking. I need to start being intentional. And that's when I started posting on LinkedIn. And, and then the ideas, creative ideas started flowing. And I posted like my first, um, my first TikTok was a rejection email one, which didn't go as viral, but I think it went pretty viral. And people loved that TikTok because it was just me like after my 20th rejection email. Um, and then I don't know if you know the song by Beyonce, Break My Soul, but I was using that to kind of like, yeah, these rejections are not going to break my soul. Like I'm in this new state of mind where I know what I'm worth. I know my value and, and I know what I bring to the table. So I'm going to keep pushing and I'm going to keep going. And that resonated with a lot of people. I'm glad you realized your value. You know, it's funny. You probably helped so many people realize their value. Yeah. But it's always different when you got to do it for yourself. That's a fact. You know, like I've gotten so many, so many DMs of people just like telling me that, like, thank you so much for your polls. Like they, I was going to give up. They're encouraging me. And like, to me, I get really emotional reading those because in my head, when I posted, I wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to post this and I'm going to inspire so many people and I'm going to encourage them. It was because I was like, I need to encourage, continue to encourage myself and inspire myself because this is a grueling process that, you know, you're having interviews almost every day, sometimes two, three times a day. So it's like you get exhausted and you have to kind of find a way to, to maintain your, your level of sanity in that moment, in those moments. So I was posting for myself mainly, you know, I didn't and I didn't even think I didn't even know how this whole TikTok thing was going to be received because you know how LinkedIn is, you know, like yeah, yeah. it's changing now a lot, but, the, but it's still in the baby stages of like going through yeah, that yeah. change. Um, and so when I posted, I was like, oh my God, like people are not going to want to hire me. Like they're going to think like I'm this 30 yeah, yeah. something year old crazy man that's using TikTok to dance on LinkedIn, which is a professional platform. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. But I was like, what do I have to lose? Like, what do I really have to lose? I don't have a job right now. I mean, yes, what do I have to lose? Potential job opportunities. But at that stage, I was just like, I'm tired of doing the same thing over and over again. I need to figure out how I'm going to separate myself from the crowd, uh, from the pool of candidates and, and get seen. And being a dancer, I know what, what it takes to get seen. You have to get on the dance floor and dance so people can see yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's exactly what I did. Yeah, that's amazing. So now let's look back at your career. Mm-hmm. What were some of the mistakes that you made along the way? Um, in terms of- And let's talk about the dance career first okay. and then the second half of your career. Yeah, um, for me with dancing, I think the first biggest mistake I ever made was giving up. Like- when I look back at what I accomplished, when I actually just kind of like leaned into who I was as a dancer and like just let the flow of life happen. When I look back at that, I'm like, if I hadn't given up when I did, I could have probably danced for Beyonce, for Rihanna, for Lady Gaga. Like, I know I could have because I'm I'm really good, you know, or, or I was really good at the time. I was more good than I am now. Um, yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta keep practicing. Right, exactly. You still got the moves. You still yeah, got the moves. Yeah. You know, so, um, so that was my biggest mistake first and foremost, because I seen the level of success that I had in Turkey and I was like, oh yeah, I could have definitely had this kind of success in America too. So that was like the really first big mistake that I had. The second one or another one that I can think of is not having a variety of skills around dance. So like taking different forms of dance um, was a problem of mine. So I didn't, I learned like hip hop was very natural for me. I learned street hip hop. That's how I learned to dance, freestyling, all of that. Um, but a lot of professional dancers, not all, but a lot of professional dancers 
have like ballet as a background or have taken ballet classes, um, you know, can stretch really good, have contemporary and all of these help your body to move in different ways. And you can learn different grooves and you can actually pick up on choreography a lot faster when you have all of these different skill sets when it comes to dancing. So that was definitely a big mistake that I wish I had taken more time to learn more in depth things like ballet and, and contemporary so that I could have broadened my knowledge of dance. Um, but I was pretty good for what I was doing at the time anyway. So there could have been a, another level that I could have reached had I had those skills um, and that knowledge. And then I think the other thing that I that comes to mind is not taking advantage of more um, uh, leadership opportunities in dance, like to be like a main choreographer. Like I always was kind of scared to step up um, and same with this kind of role that I'm in now, like I'm in it now and I'm happy and I, and I stepped up, but getting there was really difficult because I have always seen myself as somebody that just like is a follower and like, I need someone to report to all the time to tell me what to do because I, again, not seeing my value and not really understanding how, how talented I really am. So when it came to dancing, it was just like, oh, well, I'll just be the core choreographer. I'll be the assistant. You know, I'll teach these people this. It was never, there was a moment where I, I was the lead choreographer, but it took so much to get me into that position and for me to believe in myself. So I wish that I had taken more opportunities to believe in myself and take on, um, you know, lead choreographer positions, for example. So now what about in recruiting? What, would the, what are the mistakes you've made in that part of your career? Yeah, again, the first one that comes up is what I had mentioned before, um, always thinking like I couldn't be a leader in in this space um, and really being able to speak to my own skills and being um, intimidated by other people's deepened knowledge of what recruitment was. And so comparing myself to other people was a huge mistake because I'm like, oh, like this person knows so much about recruitment and I read their comments and I see their posts and I see um, what they talk about in recruitment and I'll pick out like one thing that I didn't know. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know that. So I'm not a great recruiter. Like I need to go back to the drawing board or I need to, I need to be led by somebody. And so comparing myself to other people in the industry was definitely a downfall for me because that kept me in the space of like, oh, I don't know enough. So I can't, I can't ever be to their level or to be a leader. What other, you know, kind of things that I wish I had done better, um, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess deepening my knowledge um, for specific roles that I was recruiting for made me feel, when I didn't do that, it made me feel like I wasn't doing my job correctly. Um, but something that I've learned over time is like when you're a recruiter, sometimes you're recruiting for so many different roles. So it's like really difficult for you to like actually be an expert on one specific thing unless you're you're specifically, you're like a subject matter expert for that specific type of role, whether that be like sales or marketing or technical recruitment, for example. Sometimes you're a recruiter that has just a whole broad spectrum of different roles. So you can't be an expert at everything, but you can try your best to learn exact, like learn like key, key words and key components to the job description so that you can speak to that in these, in these interviews. But I think for me, it was just like, not taking advantage of having a more deeper understanding of some of the roles that I was recruiting for because I was, again, intimidated by other people and the work that they were doing. So a lot of my failures, I think, 
are like revolve around not feeling good enough and, and just kind of like feeling less than other people and not seeing my own value. And so like that kind of held me back to the knowledge that I could have gained because I believed in myself to actually gain that knowledge and move forward. So now looking back at your career, and you could use more than one example, what would you say you're most proud of? I I guess the first thing is like this role now that I'm in now, like I'm most proud of this because I went, you know, in the beginning, I was just a recruiter for hourly roles in a cafe environment. And now I am the director of talent, part of a leadership team for a growing digital media agency that is has a powerful mission that I'm aligned with that is changing the media landscape, that is changing the world, changing society and culture. And so to be part of a team that is going to help bring people into a company that they can be proud of and to be part of a team that is going to put stories out there that are telling, um, you know, the experiences of communities that I come from. That's my most proudest moment in this, in this very moment in time. That's what I would like to speak to for sure, because I've not only changed my life, but in terms of me being able to do this, I will hopefully be able to change other people's lives as well that look like me, that identify like me and such. Was there ever a time a lack of college degree held you back? Um, I think so, but I, I can't really, like, really say like if I know for sure. But I think like there was a lot of, well, personally for me, when I think about it, there was a lot of roles that I was I, I wanted to apply to or like thought to apply to or was like, oh, like that sounds like something I could do. But, you know, they're asking for a college degree. And so or the equivalent of, of experience to a college degree. But I'm like, I don't know if I have all the exact experience and not having a college degree, I don't think I'm going to get the job. So there was many jobs that I didn't apply for because I thought that I had to have a college degree to apply to. So Man, you should have hit me up, man. You should have hit me up. I would have told you, Ooh, go apply. I know. You know, I wish, I wish we knew. I wish I knew. You know, I wish we were friends at that yeah. time because like there was many positions that I'm like, I know that I can do this, you know, but like my mind is like, oh, you don't have a college degree. So like, don't even try because they're not going to look at you. They're not going to consider you. Um, and you can't probably even perform in the job because you don't have the experience. Have you ever felt insecure about the degree? Yes. At one point I did. Um, probably in the beginning of my, in the beginning of my career in recruitment. So like before I even got on LinkedIn and stuff like that, like I felt very insecure because a lot of my friends, a lot of people that I were meet, that I was meeting had college degrees um, and were like kind of successful or were successful more than me. And, and here I was like working for a, co- a coffee company again. And at that time, in my eyes, I was like not the greatest thing because I was comparing again myself to other people's um, success and positions. And so, yeah, I was definitely very insecure because I was like, oh, well, I don't feel smart enough compared to the people that I see online. I don't feel like I am successful enough because I can't put like, I went to this school on my, on my social media pages or on my resume. So I felt a little bit like I couldn't speak to certain topics because I wasn't educated enough. So I did hold a lot of insecurity and shame around not having a college degree. But when I got into like the tech space, for example, in recruitment, I was like, well, I'm here now and it's only up from here, right? And so that kind of was like a, an awakening for me. It was like, I don't need a college degree because 
look what I've done in my life. Like I've traveled all over the world. I became a professional dancer in a different country, learned a different language. Like I kept canceling all of those things out. But when, when I started to think about those things, I was like, my college degree didn't get me here. My determination and my will and my resiliency got me here. And so I'm just going to continue to utilize that to be successful in whatever next venture I'm going into. No, I love it. So what are your future goals now? Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to be in the role that I'm in now. And so when it comes to that, I really want to start to create opportunities for other people to, to get in these spaces, to get in the, to, into the tech space. Um, I follow a lot of other leaders within um, within the tech community that identify as Black or people of color or, or as LGBTQ, people that are doing work in tech to get, you know, underrepresented people in these spaces. Um, so I'm really focused on that, you know, within the next year or two with the work that I'm doing with AB. Um, but aside from that, you know, I'm really inspired at the work that I'm doing with my content, you know, with being myself and putting that out there on a platform like LinkedIn. So I really want to continue to inspire people to live in their truth and lead with that. And I'm kind of still working on how I'm going to do that and, and what that looks like in the future. But one day, maybe I want to start my own business or start consulting for people and, and utilize my creativity to help people to tap into their creativity and separate themselves from the crowd or from what expectations of what professional looks like or what what the expectation of these specific types of roles are going to be. You know, I'm I'm in a leadership position now. I'm, I'm a director in a company, but I'm still going to dance on TikTok. I'm still going to, you know, talk what I want to talk about in terms of depression, anxiety, being gay, being Black, being Puerto Rican, like what that means in my life and growing up and living in this country and working in, in in the corporate world. And so I don't want my title to determine how I go forward acting. Like that's, it's not going to, for me, it's not going to deter who I am. It's just another part of my identity. And so, yeah, I want to continue to inspire people to show up as themselves, no matter if they're, you know, just a salesperson in the company or if they're like a director level role. Yeah, no, and, I love it. Is there anything you want to share that you haven't shared already? I really want people to keep their head up about looking for jobs. Like we're in a really weird space right now and there's a lot of layoffs come um, happening. There's a lot of, you know, talks of recession and all of these things, but I just want people to keep inspired and find what really that they're passionate about and, and kind of lean into that so that it can continue to push them forward in whatever challenges that they may be facing. So please keep going. Final question. What advice would you give your 18 year old self today? So in today's time frame, you met, you met 18 year old Joshua. He's in 2022. What are you telling him? Oh, I'm definitely telling him to be patient, stop overthinking and to allow life play out in the way that it's going, it's meant to play out. Um, and not to, not to try and force anything that feels uncomfortable just because you think that you need to be that type of person or do that type of thing. Yeah, I love it. I want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I'm so glad that it happened when it, this podcast happened when it was supposed to happen. We got to meet up. Yes. There is a Friendlies in Long Island. I know it because I drove by it. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll go to Friendlies. Yeah, Sunday. I'm down. You know, I'm down. Reese's Pieces ice cream Sunday is my jam. So let's do it. Yeah, you have a good day. Me too, thank you.
another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree INC. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com.